Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, well, we're just so happy to have you guys here with us, joining us today at H2O, um, and especially for those of you who are joining us online, even though you're not here, it's just good to meet together wherever you're at. So um, today we're continuing our series called Be the Church, and um, we've talked a lot of uh, important things in this series, and we're talking mostly about the one another's of the Bible, and we've talked about um, the need for Christians to love one another, we've talked about serving one another, and this week um, I'm going to continue the series talking about forgiving one another. Now, you can relax, because I know when we talk about this idea of forgiveness, it can bring a lot of tension into our lives, and, and that's understandable. There's a lot, been a lot of different experiences that we have in this room and a lot of um, pain that we might have in our lives that God is going to help us walk through today. Um, and really, the big thing that I want us to walk away with today, and our big idea today is this, um, that the road to forgiveness is a difficult one to travel, but those who walk it have the most to gain. And so that should just give us some peace today and knowing that if we walk this road, it is hard, but it's going to give us so much peace and we have the most to gain from receiving this truth that God wants to share with you today. Um, and again, I think it's super appropriate just to even be talking about, you know, forgiveness this week, as um, Matthew McClure said too, like this has, you know, been a hard time in our nation, um, just a, hard, a very difficult year as well. And, um, and there's a lot of, you know, hate and anger, you know, in our world. And I think by God's providence, he wants us as a church to hear this message today and receive this truth um, and, and hopefully continue to help us grow to be better followers of Jesus and as we walk in Jesus each and every day of our lives. Um, another factor, too, and another thing we have to consider is this, that this is super important and hard. But if, again, if we do this thing, we will learn so much about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And really, real change begins by us changing, right? If we want to change our world, it has to start with us changing our hearts. And by us changing our hearts, we can have a better impact on the world. And, you know, when we think about this idea of forgiveness, it definitely goes against our natural human instinct. You know, I was thinking just about my life and the different experiences I've had with dealing with unforgiveness. And um, specifically, I was thinking back to the earliest memory of, um, of my life, thinking and processing through forgiveness. And um, this goes all the way back. We're going to go in a time machine here, go all the way back to when I was in second grade, eight-year-old Joe. Um, and in my second grade class, um, we had show and tell. And um, during the show and tell, you probably had this too, um, our teacher asked us to bring in what, something that's important to you that you wanted to share with your class. And so being eight, the most important thing to me was this Transformers action figure, which I loved. It was a Beast Wars, thank you, it was a Beast Wars action figure, um, and it was like a buffalo that would obviously transform into a robot, and it would shoot a projectile out of its mouth. I was eight, loved it, it was really cool, and I was ready to share it with my class. Um, but uh, so I got to school, and I put it um, in the locker, and um, later that day when I went to uh, pick it up, um, I went to my locker, and it was missing. It was gone. Someone had taken my toy, and I was so frustrated. I, I, couldn't, I, I was distraught. I couldn't believe somebody would do this to me. And so I went to my uh, teacher, and after a little investigation, um, we discovered that my locker mate had taken my toy. 
That not, not only was it taken, but it was taken by somebody that I shared a locker with, somebody that I trusted. Um, and, of course, he, he apologized, and he gave up some excuse why he needed it for some reason without telling me. Um, and I, I got to share it with the class, but I was still frustrated. And I went home that day, and um, I talked to my mom, and I said, Mom, you'll never believe what happened. And um, she asked me, well, did he apologize? And I said, yes. And she said, well, Joe, for us as Christians, we're called to forgive. That's what Jesus tells us to do. And I was like, are you kidding me? No way. I probably didn't say this, but I was thinking this. Uh, that no way am I going to do this. You, do you realize what he did to me? No way am I going to do that. And she, but she, she kept challenging me and telling me that, no, no, Jesus calls us to forgive. And so we, we prayed together, and I asked Jesus to help me forgive him. And I did forgive him, um, but I never left a toy out of my sight um, <laughs> around him um, whenever I was around him. And so, um, and I think when we think about just this, again, this idea of forgiveness, and you might have a silly story like that from when you were a kid, but, you know, as, as we grow older, this becomes harder and harder to follow, Right? Because it's not just an action figure that's stolen, it's something deeper, right? All of us in this room have experienced real pain and real struggle in our lives, whether it's getting our hearts broken. Maybe it's being disappointed by people we trusted. Maybe it's people who've broken their promises to us. Or maybe it's people who've said really hurtful words to you. And, you know, we could, we could go off a list of times maybe you've been looked over, cussed at, abandoned, abused, disrespected, or betrayed. And these experiences can really scar us, right? They can bring real pain to our lives. And oftentimes, um, these are inflicted by people we trusted most, right? And, you know, uh, I was going through a season a couple years ago where um, I had a relationship that had a falling out, and it was, it was because of lack of trust and, um, and our relationship really fell apart with this friend. And um, during that season, I was really seeking and I was praying um, to the Lord, just asking for help with this. And um, I came across Psalm 55, and this is what it says. And it's from David. It says this, For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from it. But it is you a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. Man, that hits right at home, right? So often when we're betrayed and, and when we, we have these feelings of unforgiveness towards someone, it is because it's a reaction to somebody who maybe was close to us, who hurt us. And so what are some reactions we can have uh, towards people when we sense that we've been hurt. Well, you know, first we could fight. That's, that's a top thing we can do. We can become defensive and fight back and try to get revenge. And maybe if it's not directly, we might uh, be passive aggressive and we might tell other people about what they did. So we build a little coalition um, around us that is going after this person so everyone else knows exactly what they did. So that's one thing we could fight. Second, we could flight. We could leave, we could cut them out of our lives, block them on our social media accounts, block their numbers, cut them out of our lives altogether. Or even worse, um, we could become a doormat and allow ourselves to continue to be abused by the person, which is so, so wrong. 
Or we can choose to forgive. And we can choose to release the bitterness we have towards the person and give that to God and trust him that he's going to take care of us and them and bring ultimate restoration to our hearts. And here's the thing, if we don't do this, if we don't live out this, this idea of forgiveness, it will affect you. There's this great book, um, it's called uh, Wall Around Your Heart. It's a, I would really encourage you to check it out if you're interested in this or you're processing through this conversation today. And kind of the theme of the book talks about how when somebody hurts us, what we often do is we will metaphorically grab a brick and we'll ta- hold that onto that brick just hoping we can get revenge on that person for hurting us, just, just hoping for that. But honestly, like it comes with bitterness, um, we never get what we're looking for. We never are quite satisfied. And so what ends up happening is we actually lay that brick down and we take another brick and we lay it down. And what begins to happen is we actually build a wall around ourselves and we build a wall around our hearts because we're afraid of getting hurt again. And what happens by result of that is we, you know, push ourselves away from other people and we become isolated and we really build a prison of our own bitterness. And we're stuck. And we're stuck in this prison of our own grief and sadness, unforgiveness, and bitterness. And here's the thing, friends, you know, if, if we allow unforgiveness to control our lives, we will live lives of misery. Here's the real truth, and you came to church today, and you're watching online today because you want to hear truth. Here's the truth. I have never met a person who is living in unforgiveness who is happy. Have you? No, none of us have. Never met a person who is happy, who's lived in this. And we all know people, and maybe you are this person, that can Sight back from 10, 15 years ago from when somebody did something to you and, and, that, and you can name exactly what happened, what you could have done and all these different experiences. It's, it's just unforgiveness. It's bitterness. And here's more truth. If you're not already there, you will walk, if you continue in unforgiveness, you will become that. And you will walk down this path of unforgiveness and it will destroy you. There's, a, there's that old proverb you might have heard. It says, um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So often we do that, and we hope that the other person will suffer for our lack of forgiving them, but actually the opposite happens. And there, there are so many studies that talk about the effects of unforgiveness in our lives. And, they'll, they'll, they, and these studies show that um, if we live in unforgiveness or if you're unforgiving, you might um, never be satisfied. Your bitterness will just lead you to never be satisfied. We'll be consumed by fear and hate. We'll bring angerness and bitterness into every relationship and new experience. Can't enjoy the present and lose connection with others. But here's the thing. On the flip side, if we forgive and we release the bitterness we have towards others, it can lead to healthier relationships, improved health, improved self-esteem, and really an improved life. And this is where, why I think this message is so powerful, 
is because the Bible and the experts really are aligned perfectly here. That we believe that God's word is so true, that God made you, and God designed you in such a way, and he knew that you needed this truth today, that you would be better being forgiving. And here's the thing, too. If we don't forgive, Bible talks about how there are big consequences, not only in our relationship with others, but our relationship with God. Um, You can grieve the Holy Spirit. It can affect your relationship with God if we live in bitterness and unforgiveness and our connection with God, too. But if we live in forgiveness, we will grow closer with God, and he will reveal himself to us and also clean us up and help us heal through whatever pain we're experiencing. So this this message is so true, and we need to receive this message. But I think it's super important when we talk about forgiveness um, and unforgiveness, we have to clarify what we mean, because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, And I think it's super important to understand what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not approving, excusing, denying, or justifying what they did. I'm going to read that again. Forgiveness is not approving, excusing, denying, or justifying what they did. It's not making excuses for what people did. It's being honest about what they did, but still choosing to forgive. Also, I've heard this one. uh, Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not pretending it did not happen. These events really have scarred us and hurt us, and we can't just say, oh, I'm just going to forget all about it. We have to really embrace it and understand that it happened to us. And related to that, too, forgiveness is not reconciliation or restoration. Reconciliation is the process of making peace with somebody, and restoration is restoring the relationship. Here's the thing. If somebody hurts you, it doesn't mean the relationship has to be restored. It doesn't mean that. You have to uh, go back to the way it was before um, the event happened. There are consequences for the decisions we make. And if somebody does something, um, it's good to forgive them in our hearts, but it doesn't mean that they're your friends or best friends again. There has to be consequences for the decisions we make. And hopefully it does lead to reconciliation and restoration, but that isn't what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a choice to release the bitterness we feel for somebody and give it to God. Recognizing the pain you've suffered without letting the pain define you. It empowers you. It allows you to live free of this burden. And for us as Christians, this is so essential to what we believe and how we can better reflect Jesus to the world and to those around us. And so um, today as we we transition, we're going to look at some passages and some verses that talk about forgiveness and the importance of it and how we as Christians can continue to grow in this as well. And so here are some of the reasons why we forgive as Christians. Number one, we forgive because we've been forgiven by God. So we forgive because we've been forgiven by God. Ephesians 4.32 says this, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Matthew 6, 12 says, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who've sinned against us. And so this principle is very simple. If we've been forgiven by God, we should be motivated to forgive 
other people. Um, one of the most popular stories um, of this comes from um, Jesus, and he talks about um, a man who was a servant um, who owed a huge debt to this king. And this debt was so huge, he could never pay this debt back if he worked the rest of his life. It was massive. And so this servant went before the king and said, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my debt. And the king did. He forgave him of his debt. He had uh, mercy on him. And this was powerful because he could never have paid it off. However, later on, that same servant goes out and comes across another man who actually owes him some money. And Jesus says that this, this amount of money was so low, it was like a day's wage. And this servant demanded that this other man pay him back. And this, this other man said, you know, I'll, I'll get it to you, I promise, I'll, I'll pay you back, I just can't do it right now. And the servant got so angry, he threw the man in prison. And later on, the king hears this, and he brings the servant back in. And with just so much anger, he says, how dare you do this? I, I, I released you from your debt. Why couldn't you release this other person of their debt against you? And he ended up throwing him in prison until he paid all that he owed. And so the moral of the story is this, that God is the king, and we are the servant. And we, in our sin, have incurred a debt too large for us to pay off, too big um, to, to pay off, even if we tried to be good for the rest of our lives. And God, in his mercy, has offered us forgiveness. He has taken that debt and put it on his son, and it made a way for us. This is the gospel. And this is freedom, and this is beautiful. And so if, if we believe this, we need to forgive others. But here's the cost of not forgiving, and Jesus says this too, that if we don't forgive, just like the king threw the servant into judgment, we will be thrown into judgment as well. He says, Matthew 18, um, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And so if we have been forgiven, we must forgive others as well. You know, um, uh, about 10 years ago, um, I was, when I was in high school, we were a part of this church, and it was a church plant, um, and it was a great church. It was, it was growing. It was really healthy um, at the time, at least we thought. Um, but about five years into the plant, um, the, pa the lead pastor of the church ended up having a moral failure, and um, he ended up leaving the ministry, leaving his family, um, and that was really difficult, um, not only for our church, but our family, because we were very close um, to this, this man, and um, it hurt. It was really hard, um, and there was just so much trust that was broken, um, so much unforgiveness that we were all feeling, and my dad turned to us, and I'll never forget what he said. He said uh, this. He said that man will always fail us. Humans will always fail us, but God never will. And that was just so powerful because it's a reminder that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, we shouldn't be surprised when people mistreat us or do things um, that are wrong because we live in a world full of sin, full of evil. And what we need to do when that happens is we need to look to Jesus 
We need to look to God and, and trust that even though man fails us, God never will. We need to trust him. And we know, when we know this truth that the world is full of imperfect people, we can trust in God, and he can give us courage to forgive even when we've been hurt because we're looking from his perspective, not just our own. So we need to live this out, and we need to try to do this. And the way to do that is to go to Jesus and trust him with this process. So that's the first thing. We forgive because we've been forgiven by God. Second is we forgive because we trust in God's plan, power, and purpose. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So this is saying that all things, everything we're going through is working together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so what this is, you know, what this is saying is even if we don't see it, whatever pain or experiences we're going through can lead to goodness, can lead to God's power working through it. Again, even if we don't see it where we currently are. You know, one of the greatest stories in the Bible that talks about this theme is from um, the story of Joseph. It's in uh, the, the Old Testament. And if, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, Joseph is one of the youngest of 12 brothers. And Joseph was the favorite of all the brothers, and so his brothers became very jealous of him. Um, so much so that they kidnapped him and sold him into slavery um, without the family knowing. And Joseph, throughout the course of his life, went from being a slave in Egypt to eventually becoming the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. He became basically the prime minister of Egypt. And after some time, there was a famine on the whole earth. And because of Joseph's leadership, in, um, Egypt was more prepared than other places um, for, to, for the famine. So much so that people from other nations began coming to Egypt to gather food. And ironically, Joseph's brothers were one of the groups that were coming to Egypt and stood before Joseph. And so um, the story is really powerful. Again, I would encourage you to read it, but um, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers, and they are shocked. They've actually been walking in fear and guilt for many years based, uh, based on what they've done and shame. And when they come before Joseph, he's now a powerful man, and he could enact revenge on them um, with, without even blinking an eye. But they were surprised because instead of justice, Joseph showed them forgiveness. And he said to them in Genesis 50, he said, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph is saying that you meant this for evil, but God used it for good. And so for us, even if we don't see it, we need to trust that our God is working all things together for good. And if, again, if we can't see it, we need to just trust Jesus and ask him to give us faith through this storm that we might be in. And along with that, too, um, if we're trusting God's power, we need to trust that God is going to bring justice, too. That a part of God working together all things for good is bringing justice as well. Um, in fact, Romans 12 says this, um, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is, vengeance is mine, 
I will repay, says the Lord in verse 21. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so what this is saying is that when somebody does something to us, we need to be, have a posture of trusting that, God, you're going to take care of this. I'm not going to try to avenge myself. I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of this. And I'm not going to respond uh, with evil, with evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, um, I heard this story a while back about this um, mom who lost her daughter um, to a drunk driver. And um, this was obviously the most painful experience she's ever gone through in her life. Um, and the drunk driver went to prison, and this mom actually ended up working for an advocacy group that would talk to high schools um, about drunk driving, and she would share her story. And she was a Christian, and after doing this for a couple of years, she began to pray, and she came across this verse about do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, and she began to think about the man that killed her daughter, the drunk driver. And she began just to pray for him. And she felt like God was telling her to forgive him. But that was just so hard for her. She was just like, I know I'm supposed to intellectually, but this is just really hard to actually do this. And so she prayed, and she felt like she needed to go see him. And so she went to see him, um, this young man. He was about 24, in prison. Um, and she met with him and said, listen, I forgive you. You, you, you know, killed my daughter, but I want you to know I forgive you. And this just, like, broke him. And he was at the point in his life where he was ready to, um, you know, just hurt himself, and he was really in a very difficult place um, because of the shame he was feeling. But this woman saying, I forgive you, it gave him so much life. And eventually, everybody in the family met with him and said, we forgive you. So much so that they began to build a relationship with this young man, and he became a follower of Jesus. And after he served his sentence, he ended up um, becoming a part of this advocacy group and sharing about his story. And really, the family began welcoming this man in it as a son of their own. And I, I share this story because, and stories like that are just so powerful because this is how we see, and an extreme example, how forgiveness can play itself out. It can change lives. And we can begin to see God's power through this and things that we've never experienced and turning something that was evil into something beautiful and good. And, den and denying our right to lash out and trusting in God's power can bring so much freedom to our lives. So that's the second point. And the final point is this. Uh, we forgive to model God's love to the world. Jesus says in Matthew 5, um, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And, and skipping down, uh, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father in heaven. So um, Jesus first mentions this phrase, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And this was um, a legal phrase that was used uh, during this time. Um, and it basically, it said that, hey, legally, if somebody does something to you, uh, there has to be something equally done to you to bring equal measure or equal justice. And so Jesus turns this whole idea on its head and basically says, um, no, 
Don't do that. Um, Turn the other cheek. And this idea is so mocked uh, by our world today. Um, In fact, I've led Bible studies through this specific verse, and I've had um, guys tell me, I'm, that's, that's so hard for me to hear. I, you know, I grew up in a time where someone said, hey, if someone punches you, you punch them and you fight them right back. Um, at least that's what I was even told as a kid too. And this idea of turning the other cheek is so hard. But actually, what G- Jesus is saying isn't weak. It's actually very bold. It's courageous. It's in the face of our accuser we're choosing to show love in the hopes of changing their hearts and representing Jesus and not going the way of what the world would say to go, but actually choosing a different path. Um, There's a story I heard about this guy named Steve Saint. And uh, Steve Saint, he is a missionary in Ecuador, and um, his story is just very, very powerful. His father was also a missionary in Ecuador, and he went to this tribe. And, um, and they began just kind of serving this tribe, uh, teaching them about Jesus and serving their needs. And what ended up happening was uh, this tribe became very angry with this group of men. And they actually killed all of them. There were four men, and this man, Steve, his dad was one of the men that were murdered by this tribe. And um, obviously, that was a huge, huge, challenging moment in his life. Um, But Steve's family continued to minister and reach out to these people and, and build a relationship with them. So much so that many in the tribe ended up becoming followers of Christ and um, asking for forgiveness for the evils they had done to this man's father. And this man, Steve, talks about this. um, There's this movie called Edge Edge of the Spear that kind of goes into this story. Um, But he he talks about how this tribe, uh, it was actually a, a requirement or a legal right that Steve had that he could attack and go after the people that murdered his dad, and the tribe would feel like that was right, that was okay. He had every uh, right to grow up and fight for um, his father's death and avenge his father's death. But Steve chose the opposite. He chose to love these people. And um, one of the people who they think specifically was one of the people that killed his father, um, he began to develop a friendship with him. And through forgiveness, um, again, this man changed his life around, and um, he became, in a lot of ways, like a father figure to Steve um, because of Steve choosing instead to love this person rather than to retaliate. He chose to love his enemy, and it changed both of their lives. And so for us, we need, this is so difficult, but if we model this truth of forgiving one another, loving our enemies, we will find so much freedom in Christ. But here's the thing, we, we can't do this on our own. We have to look to Jesus to change our hearts. We have to look to him and his example because Jesus lived out this passage, lived out this teaching perfectly, even to the point of death on a cross. That even as Jesus was being tortured on a cross, he showed love and compassion for people who were hurting him. And um, in Luke, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Jesus, in in a way, was showing so much grace to those people. And in a lot of ways, too, we are no different than them. 
And we may not have, you know, the experience of, of murdering somebody, obviously, hopefully not, um, but, uh, but we have sin in our lives that separates us from God. And Jesus, as he's on the cross, is praying for you and offering you forgiveness and offering you a, a, a path of hope and freedom. And so for us, if we receive this truth, we need to know that our sins have been forgiven and Jesus has made a way for us. By looking to him, he will give you courage to help you in those seasons of hurt to help you find a path of forgiveness and freedom. And I pray you would receive this truth today. And so as we close, to recap, we forgive because we've been forgiven by God. We forgive um, because we trust in God's plan, power, and purposes. And we forgive to model God's love to the world. And so... Here's the thing, as we hear this message, we need to respond to it. So there's really two responses that we can have today. Number one, some of us in this room need to forgive. Some of us in our hearts need to forgive somebody. And along with that too, some of us need to seek to be forgiven. There's some of us maybe in this room that have done some things to some people that we know was wrong. This is an opportunity to maybe make right the things we've done. To build, uh, to be humble and to seek forgiveness in order to love someone else. This is, this is challenging, but you know, as we worship today, we really want to give you a chance to respond to this message. And you know, one of the greatest ways we can respond as Christians is through participating in the Lord's Supper, participating in communion. And today we are going to participate in communion. And this, this message of forgiveness is so aligned with communion because when we partake of communion, we take the bread and the juice, we remember what Jesus had done for us when he forgave us and set us free from our sin. And so if Jesus had forgiven us, we can forgive others. But as we're taking communion and as we're worshiping today, we need to examine ourselves. And if we have something against somebody, this is a chance to reconcile our relationship with someone. And um, in the book of Matthew uh, chapter 5, uh, Jesus says, so if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has sinned against you. Leave your gift before the altar and go first be reconciled with your brother and come and offer your gift. And then 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight 28 says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. And so in this time of worship, we need to examine ourselves and we need to see um, and, and give to God our burden and our pain and trust that he's gonna bring true forgiveness. And so as I pray, the band's going to come up, and we pray you would receive this truth because we have the most to gain. And so, Father, we thank you for the chance to gather together and worship and seek you. God, this message is really hard and heavy. Um, but God, help us just to sink and um, feel this truth and receive it. Let it sink down into our hearts. God, we love you, and, and ultimately, we know we can have the courage to forgive because you have forgiven us, and you've promised you would help us to be able to do that. So, Holy Spirit, give us clarity on what we need to do. Help us just to trust you. In your mighty name we pray, amen.